we're taking a look at neuro-linguistic programming, also known as NLP. This episode had so much great stuff that we decided to split it into two episodes for you. So here in part one, we take a look at the beginning of NLP, where it came from. We look at the co-founders. We also start taking a look into its proponents. Next week, we're going to dive deeper into the sensory channels and even show you a really amazing example of NLP in action. Let's talk about what intuition really is. Let's look at all the places intuition and ego show up in your life. Let's share honestly. Let's do the research. I'm Jamie Hayhurst. I'm Heather Wood. This This is the Intuitive Girl's Guide. Hey Jay, we are going to talk about one of my favorite tools today. I'm surprised that it's taken us this long to do this episode, actually. I know exactly why it's taken us this long. (laughs) Why? (laughs) Because it's really hard to explain. Yeah, I bet. Okay, so we're going to talk about neuro-linguistic programming, otherwise known as NLP. Which we've referred to in many, many many episodes. Because I love this tool. You are the reigning boss of this. Thank you. I don't think that's true, but I do. In our circle maybe. <laughs> no, forever, everywhere. Okay. <laughs> Thanks, Jay. <laughs> so, the thing that's hard about this is that it's a real hard thing to like break down and explain. Right. Like I still don't fully get it. Yeah, and there are elements of it that I still haven't like even touched on as right. someone who's been studying it for a long time. Mm-hmm. And I think the reason for that is that this came out in the 70s. Yep. And since then, it's sort of like had these different like little rebirths in all these different areas and all these different industries. And it's kind of been like molded into a lot of different things. Okay. It's kind of like if you were like explain therapy. Oh, gotcha. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's kind of like taken into all these different areas and you're like, well, what kind of therapy right. is it being used for? Do you know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? Yeah, I do. So I'm going to try to explain it. Okay. When you combine that issue with the fact that in the books written about it and the way that people who created it speak about it is very, it's the kind of language that you're like, excuse me, what? Oh, like wordy or like over explained. Yeah. So I'm going to sort of bring you that and then try to explain some of it. I'm also going to try to say like, this is how I see it, Mm -hmm. but I want everyone to understand like, that's just my part, but this is like, do you know what I mean? Like I'm going to try to keep those things for you so that you understand my perspective of it and how people who use it typically use it. Okay. But also like it's, it's true creation and you know, it was really born for therapists. Correct. Okay. So it's a very powerful tool. Mm-hmm. It can also be used for very bad things. Like? Like cults. Exactly. Like the vow. If you've seen that series, we've talked about it so many times. Um, but like you can use this to hurt people. But the difference, I think it's used in cults all the time, but the difference between the vow, which we talk about a lot and we reference a lot, so just go watch it. It's really compelling. Totally. Nancy Saltzman is in, like, she's actually using NLP. I think some people use it and they don't know they're using it. Yes. Right? Like, they found it as, like, they've, it's something that they tried on people, it worked, so they're using it, but, like, 
That's Nancy. That's yeah. what she did. She's like board certified. In that, right. Yes. So So she intentionally used it to manipulate people. Yeah. And when you if you watch The Vow, which is about what is the name? Nexium. Nexium. Cult? Yeah. Yep. So they start out, they like get you into this cult by using NLP techniques yes. to like help you heal. Right. And then you get so it and they sort of present it like it's their stuff. Yeah, like like their co- like executive coaching or yes. something like that, and yes. you think you're just like working on yourself, and like literally the next thing you know, mm-hmm. you're, you're into a cult. Yeah, you're like taking three a.m. walks with Keith Raniere. Oh, gross! <laughs> Remember his uh, volleyball outfit? I'll never get it out of my head. If you guys haven't seen it, please you go, go watch, watch it. it. Yeah. Seriously, yeah. Okay, so NLP is how I'm going to refer to it because that's how I say it. I don't yeah. hear anyone ever call it neuro linguistic programming. Well, I mean, it's a mouthful really is. Okay. NLP has two co-founders. They didn't call them fathers, Jay. Darn it. I know, but I think it, I think it's pretty close. <laughs> exactly. Okay. So they are Richard Bandler and John Grinder. Okay. And so NLP was introduced to the world in a book that they co-wrote from 1975. Okay. And the book was called The Structure of Magic. What? I know. Okay. Really? <laughs> the book is not about magic Magic. (laughs) at all okay it's really i read this book a long time ago and i to be honest like at the time of reading it was like skimming it it wasn't okay i wasn't really grabbed by it i love the principles of it but it's a weird read and i think when i describe and like read to you some things from nlp you'll kind of understand why it's a hard read okay but the magic they're talking about is more like the magic of words and how Meaning, the meaning you assign to language has this really incredibly incredible effect on you. It's like spell work, spelling. Exactly. Right. Exactly. So I'm going to read you what the book description says. Okay. Okay. The seminal works in neuro-linguistic programming help therapists understand how people create inner models of the world to represent their experience and guide their behavior. Volume one describes the meta model, a framework for comprehending the structure of language. Volume two mm. applies NLP theory to nonverbal communication. Okay. If you read that, would you be like, I no. don't pick that up? No, and I would I would have I was lost. That's what I mean. Like And I know what NLP is and I still <laughs> got lost. This is what the problem is. Yeah. And this is why it's, it's taken me this long to do an episode on it, because it's like Yeah. To me, the concept of it is actually quite simple, mm-hmm. but the way that it's then described and brought into the world is in this like very psychologist vernacular that mm-hmm. I think can make it a little bit difficult. Yeah. Okay. So I'm going to read you, you know, I love to check good therapy whenever we're looking at stuff. It's yes. one of my sources. Okay. So I'm going to read you what they say about it. Okay. Proponents of NLP assume all human action is positive. Therefore, if a plan fails or the unexpected happens, the experience is neither good nor bad. It simply presents more useful information. Okay. So I like that description. I know it's still not telling you what NLP is. Right. I promise I'll, I'll try to get there for yeah. you. <laughs> but this is like one of the biggest principles of this. And I think there's some kind of programming that I was born with that sort of does this. I was going to say the same exact thing that you already instinctively naturally do this so i think what it is is like when people are interacting i'm not taking anything as like real i'm taking everything as like their objective their perspective their belief and what that what that really means 
Yeah, you're just fact-finding. And I think that comes from being a super intuitive kid, Mm -hmm. energy being easier to understand than people, Mm -hmm. and noticing that people would say things that didn't match energetically what was going on. Yeah, I think that you view things from a really, truly neutral place. Yes, I don't do things like that. Yeah, no, I think you do. I think you do when you're in work mode, especially. I yeah. think you do when like someone's talking to you about something, like like asking you for advice. I right. see you do that. I mm-hmm. think everybody does that to some degree. I right. think that like I just came like weirdly wired already doing that. Like wonderfully wired. Well, thank you for adding wonderful. Well, that's what you're good at is like making people reframe things. Like it's like, I feel like I'm sure you'll get there. But like for me, NLP feels like like a, a constant reframing. Exactly. Exactly. So many people have expanded on NLP. I've told you that. Yeah. Including the person that I learned NLP from. Yes. Tony Robbins. Mm-hmm. Okay. I have said this speech a few times on the podcast, but I'll repeat it. Well, and if it. people know you in real life, I mean, it's a thing. It's true. But I'll repeat it all the time because I really always think you should always question your heroes. Well, this is like where, <laughs> this is where you and I like walk the walk. Yes. Like you talk the talk, you say people should do something, but then you actually do it. This is where you are walking the walk. I'm trying. So I love Tony Robbins. Mm -hmm. I've taken many classes. I've flown to see him in person. Gotten a high five from him. I have been high five from him. Yes. I dropped that into many tidbits. I used to more. Less now. Exactly. Okay. I think that he's incredible at what he does. And I think he's an incredible teacher of NLP. I'm actually going to play a clip later in the episode to Mm -hmm. show you masterfully using it with somebody. Right. It's amazing how he does it. But Mm -hmm. Tony Robbins has some problematic behaviors and Mm -hmm. beliefs and things that he does. Yes. Do I think he goes out and seeks to hurt people and needs to be canceled? No, personally, I don't think that. Does he do some things and have some beliefs and things that have like become very aligned with like patriarchal stuff? Yes. Yes, he does. And enough so that you have walked back from your alignment with him. Exactly. Right. Exactly. So always question the people that you think are your heroes. If you have known me for the past 10 years, you know that he's a hero of mine. Right. And I'm still going to question it. So, But that's the walking the walk because yeah. a lot of people would be obsessed with Tony Robbins and love yeah. him and want to like work. Like you weren't, you, you weren't obsessed with him like or obsessed at all. I'm being dramatic. But like I mean, I, a little. you weren't like in love with him and you oh, wanted to marry him. You, yeah. you, you actually like appreciated his work so much that you wanted to him. work with him. Exactly. Right. Like that was sort of the, the big goal. Yeah. Most people, if you have that for so long, it's hard to let that go. It is hard to let that go. You know what I, I mean? Agree with you. It, it's always heartbreaking when someone right. you really admire, like... It's disappointing. Yeah. He's right. disappointed me, for sure. Right. Tony, but, if you're listening, and I'm sure you are, give me a call and we'll talk about it. Fix it. Yeah. Right. We'll mend the fence and I'll give you some advice. But, but that's the walk, is that, yeah. like, you don't just dig your heels in. It's hard not to, and yes, it right. is. It is. You have to be questioning everything all the right. time, and if something doesn't sit right with you, even if it's someone you respect and admire, you still need to listen to your intuition. Exactly. Okay. Side note, but Tony Robbins is who I learned it from. Mm-hmm. So you need to know that most of how I'm presenting NLP personally to you, the things I'm going to describe about it, are going to be through the lens of how he teaches it. Right, exactly. Now, he learned NLP from one of the creators, John Grinder. Oh, okay. So he learned it directly from him. But did he take it and make it a lot more like self-helpy? Absolutely. Right, and that's going to happen with anything. You're yes. going to put your own spin on everything. Exactly, exactly. Okay, so 
Richard Bandler and John Grinder are both psychologists. Mm-hmm. Okay. Richard Bandler is also a self-help author. John Grinder also worked in U.S. intelligence. Oh, okay. Okay. I think this is interesting. I'm going to mention it later, but like some of the criticism NLP gets is that it's like pseudoscience and fakey and hard to prove and like too woohoo. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I would also like to say that we have evidence that the U.S. government uses it. Of course they do. So I'm of just course saying, they do. Yeah, I'm just pointing that out. Right. Okay. I looked to find anything bad about these guys or drama. Mm-hmm. I, it was one of the times I was looking like, I really hope I don't find it. Right. <laughs> I didn't find much, but I will tell you, I found a weird thing. And okay. then I found, I guess, something kind of like a bummer, but nothing nothing too bad. So these two, Grinder and Bandler, ended up fighting for the rights to NLP oh. in court. Yep. And ended up, like, settling that they would just split ownership of it, but stopped working together. Okay. I couldn't find exactly what happened other than they seemed to want to take it in very different directions. Right. Okay. Okay. The weird thing I found about Richard Bandler was that he had this legal issue in 1986. hmm So one of his students, Corinne Christensen, was found shot to death with a gun that Bandler owned. What? So Bandler claimed that he was present during the shooting and unable to stop the other man from shooting Christensen. He was ultimately found not guilty, but Christensen's death is unsolved. Okay. But if he was there and... It was his gun. Yeah. Weird. Mm, Sketchy. Okay. I'm just pointing it out. No, he was found not guilty, so okay. Right. But I'm just saying I did find that. Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. (laughs) So... NLP, the way that I see NLP, and I'm going to go into the official proponents of it and all mm-hmm. that. I'm going to give you examples and everything. But I see it as like a combination of affirmation and language work, like spell work. Yes. Hypnosis. Okay. Persuasion, hypnosis, like persuading yourself through, you know, talking to somebody else. Yes. I mean, hypnosis, we do to each other all the time. I don't think people fully, it's not like, cluck like a chicken when I snap my fingers. Right, like waving a clock in front of someone's face. Yeah, exactly, exactly, exactly. So those things plus body language. I think if you combine that stuff, okay. that's what I see NLP as. Okay. So I look at it like when I'm speaking to somebody and they're telling me about like what's going on in their life or what's going on in their world or just saying hello, they are giving me all kinds of clues as to what's really going on. Yes. So the you can sort of tell based on the language and how somebody acts, what their energy does when they say certain words, what their body language does when they say certain words. You mm-hmm. can really see it in people if you know what you're looking for. Right. The NLP is like the study of that. Okay. And the study of like how to work on it on yourself and shift things, but also how to detect it in other people and help them shift things. Okay. I would use NLP as far as language goes when I would do sessions with people. Mm-hmm. I would combine it with intuition. Yes. I think, I think that so many people do things like this. Like, I think if you're highly intuitive, mm-hmm. you're constantly reconciling intuitive information with, like, evidence that you can, like, physically see. Yes, absolutely. Or physically hear, right? right. So NLP is sort of like a, a structure, like a modality designed mm-hmm. to, like, show you how to do that. Yeah, it sounds like they overlap a lot. A lot. I mean, yeah. we're even going to get into some of the proponents. They're the Claire's. Oh, really? You know what I mean? Right, like, right. So it, it's there's a lot of connection there. Okay. So before I get into trying to like 
describe it to you like in the technical terms. I want you to understand that like if you say a sentence like, oh, you know, I'm having a lot of trouble finding a new job. When you say that sentence, somebody trained in NLP is going to look for how you say it. They're going to ask you questions and look for your reaction. They're going to try to switch the feelings you have about certain words and the way you view your own story. Okay. So, you know, when you're going back, we've talked about like limitations before, right? And Mm -hmm. And vows and like looking at those things. When you go back and you do that work and you change the story you have, Mm -hmm. that's NLP. Right. Okay. So that's what neuro-linguistic programming is. Like if you've programmed in that you're stupid and every time you talk about yourself, you say you're stupid right? and you, you work on actually changing that, not just stopping saying you're stupid, but actually changing the belief. Right. So when you go to speak about it, it's different. That's NLP. Gotcha. Some people use NLP to quit smoking. Some people use NLP Mm. to change a belief. Some people use it in therapy. Like it's, there's so many different ways. Does that make a little bit of sense? Yeah, it does. Okay. Yeah. Let's get into some of the proponents in the official, like if you're, if you're learning and being trained in NLP, where you're kind of going to, going to start. Okay. So the first thing is that everyone has a personal map of reality. Okay. NLP analyzes your map plus the perspective of other people. And it really Hmm. teaches you to have a range of perspectives. So it's more about gaining information than just like reacting personally to what's happening. Okay. So like, it would be like if your kid said like, um, when I say to my kids like, oh, how was school? And you know, they say nothing. Good. 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 Do you have any homework? No. No. Okay. (laughs) Yes, you do. You would use NLP to ask a further question to find the actual reality of the situation. Do you know what I mean? Because their perspective is that school was good. Right. And that they can't think of any homework at the moment. Yeah. But if you switch up how you're asking, if you like go, okay, well, tell me one thing about school. And they say this thing and, oh, Mm -hmm. was that good? Like, then you start to connect what they're defining as good what they mean by no homework do you know what i mean yes that's like yes. a very simplified but yes it's, it's just not taking things at face value right okay so if someone comes up to you and is like i'm really mad at you because you did this terrible jerky thing and you're just like fuck you no i didn't that's not nlp nlp would be tell like, me more about why you hate me interesting interesting reaction right you know right. that sounds like yeah. that you're going hmm if you're seeing two people in conflict you're really like studying what they're doing and what they're saying right so think about like a therapist when you're talking to a therapist they're looking for all these clues in what you're saying right for what's really going on and they're intently listening to your story not just for the story but for these little hints of like meaning you've attached to different things that's why things aren't as personal to you Yes, that's why there's like a a bit of space for me. Right. Yeah. Because you're just, you're fact finding and you're looking, you're reading to see what's really going on instead of just like snapping and being like defensive or protective. I think if you grow up feeling like you don't actually understand humans because you don't feel like you're like everybody else, Mm -hmm. I think there, you end up creating that space a little bit. Right. Because you know that like... The way you're going to react, you don't think is the the way that fits into society. Right, right, right. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Yeah. So it almost creates that. I don't think it's like a brilliance. I think it's like a, almost like a trauma skill. Like a coping mechanism. A coping mechanism. Right. Yeah, exactly. Okay. I think this would be a good time for a quick break and then we'll come back and we'll keep talking about these proponents. We'll be right back after this short break. 
Hey y'all, it's Jamie with a little shameless self-promotion. We've had a lot of people reaching out asking about distal Reiki, so I wanted to let you all know that yes, you can book a session with me. If you'd like some distance Reiki, get in touch with me and we will set it up for you. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. goes great with podcast listening a great cup of coffee from a great coffee shop yep beans roasted in-house amazing baristas you know where i'm talking about restoration coffee can we go yes i need an americano and maybe a panini too Ooh, i need blueberry maple latte and probably a resto bowl yeah check them out and visit restoration-coffee.com Let's talk about what we're obsessed with this week. I don't know what you're going to tell me, so I'm like really excited for this. It's easy. I think think most people are going to agree, and I think most people are absolutely obsessed with the same exact thing right now. I can't wait to hear it. Jamie wouldn't tell me what this topic is. Taylor Swift. Oh. (laughs) Come on. I love it. Yes. Midnight's is out. It's amazing. I just love Taylor Swift. I, would like I just to wanted say, to talk about it. I'm okay. just obsessed. Okay, well, I want to first obsessed. start by saying it came out when we were traveling. Yes. And you listened to it how many times on the plane? Well, <laughs> yes. All night. All, well, because we, we had to take a red eye home. Yeah, that was right. the only flight that was available to get us home. Yeah. You literally listened to it. I said three times. I did listen to it yeah. right around midnight. Yeah. And I listened to it three times. Yeah. Because I couldn't sleep. You were dozing behind me. <laughs> I could not based on my where I was sitting and yeah, right. things that were happening around me. But um, yeah, I listened to it a lot. I love it. It's awesome. I mean, you you like made sure I listened to it by saying there's a song that Taylor wrote about you. So please go listen and tell me which one you think it is. Well, no, I said I said she wrote a song for you, and you were like, which one? And I was like, I'm not telling you that. You'll have to go listen to it. Yeah. And now the listeners can try to guess which one it is. Yeah. I think we both have a song she wrote for us. See if you guys can figure out which one is Jamie and which one is me. Yes, and my daughter. Mm-hmm. Gave us like the highest of compliments. Yeah. She listened to it and then she said that yeah, we have like a, a she said bejeweled. She's like it's for both of us. She's like, I this song is for you and Heather. And I was like, um I have okay. this like visual of you and I like walking into a room to that song, like kind of slow motion walking and like jeweled outfits. Yeah, but you're like fancy and glamorous and I'm like the bouncer about to like no. wreck no, yes. It's you definitely incredible. have your sparkly chucks on. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. But I'm like the emotional mafia in the room (laughs) and i'm just doing nlp on everybody (laughs) all right i would love it if you guys guessed we'll have to put like a little poll which song do you think is me and which song do you think is jane exactly Uh, taylor did personally write them for us and i posted a story that there's a song that she talks about like boundaries i know i put on our stories on instagram she's a sneaky listener She's definitely an abandonment person. Oh, my God. Yes. She and I, like every song, I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, my God. 
Yeah. She wrote this. She did write that. For all of us, but for you, specifically yeah. for me. <laughs> well, because you you tasked me with finding like different songs for different yes. fears. Yes. And I basically just texted you back and I was like, she's so abandonment that like they I, all they're they're yeah, all abandoned. They literally are all Yeah, it's hard to find like an actual song about rejection because mm-hmm. They all lead back. Even if she's talking about rejection in the next verse, it's then about like how it, like that rejection led to abandonment. Exactly. Exactly. I just think Taylor's one of those like full package people where she's like a badass, like she's a good person, like she's, she's outspoken. She's an amazing songwriter, like lyrically sometimes. Like I just have to like sit and die after she says something. I'm just like, how did your brain do that? Exactly. She's really gifted. Yeah. And then, you know, there's people who like, oh, I'm not into Taylor Swift. And it's like, you're only saying that because everyone likes oh, it. Oh, you're so quirky. Yeah. I'm done with that. No, I, yeah. And I think people, I think she's really smart. And I think she's really working. I think she's doing the work. She's definitely doing the work. She's not trying to be perfect. She's like mm-hmm. very upfront about owning like yeah. where she needs to grow. Agreed. Love. Love. Well, we love Taylor Swift. Taylor, call us. We'll get you on the podcast. Have your people call our people. We'll teach you more about abandonment. Right. Yeah. (laughs) Well, it's actually you. You answer all the emails. That's true. (laughs) Just get in touch. And like, we also want to know what your favorite songs are from the album. Like, do you have one that's about you? Yeah, the listeners let us know. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, absolutely. Which one did you relate to most? Yeah. Which one, Jay, which one do you play in your car the most? Well... Currently, Lavender yeah. Haze, uh-huh. Dear Reader, yeah. Antihero. Yeah. There's a lot. Okay. I mean, I listen to it over and over again. Well, don't you have certain like songs that are like your car song? And then you have a song that's like your doing the dishes or cooking dinner song. Or is this just me? I think that might be you. Is this like I start, I like, I'll pick one. I'll start with one or two, like Lavender Haze, Midnight Rain. And then I let it shuffle and I oh, go through okay. the whole thing. No, I assign different songs to different states. (laughs) That tracks. Like, okay, so my driving song is vigilante shit. Oh yeah, like it's loud and it's like get where you need to be and it fires me up and then I walk in like I am that. Yeah. So like that's my driving song, Mm -hmm. but like my cooking dinner song is like labyrinth or lavender haze. I love labyrinth. That's that's like the zone, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, that that makes a lot of sense. Okay. So tell us what you guys do. So you also talk about how the body and mind heavily influence each other. Agreed. Okay. So this, the example that they like to teach in this class is that like, if you are going about your day doing something and you have the body language of somebody who's tired or who's sick or not into it or not feeling it, that your mind is going to notice that your body's doing that and it's going to follow suit. Oh yeah. You love this. I do love this. Yeah. Okay. But if you are feeling like you're having a hard day, but you adjust your posture to Mm -hmm. being like, this is the easiest day ever. I'm so happy. I'm so confident today. Then your, your mind will react as if that's true. Right. Gotcha. So one of the tests that they do is the lemon test. Oh yeah. So everyone listening, imagine right now that you have a lemon in your mouth, just like close your eyes and picture there's a lemon in your mouth. Your mouth is watering because your brain does not know that there is not a lemon in your mouth. (laughs) You told it. Your brain said lemon and your body went, oh, there's a lemon. We're supposed to, you know, rush liquid to the mouth. Exactly. You start to maybe even pucker a little bit because you're like, ooh, because your mouth is like remembering what a lemon. Like, so if you're, if you're having posture acting like you don't feel good, then your mind's like, oh, we don't feel good. Gotcha. Okay. Mm -hmm. This should not be used to 
victim blame or shame anyone for not feeling good. Right. I've seen that. <laughs> yes. I don't like that. No. It's much more of a temporary, like, thing if you're not feeling well to get yourself through something you have to do. Exactly. And much less about, like, just suck it up. Right. It's almost like helping yourself change state. Exactly. To get through something, to get to get to like if you don't feel well, change your state enough to get to urgent care. Yes. Right. I mean, how many times as a mother have you had to pretend you were well enough to do something to get yourself to do it? Yeah, a, a lot. lot. Like, so it's more for that. Or if you're right. in a situation where you feel really nervous, yes, and you have to give a presentation or something, if you carry yourself like you are very confident, yep, your body is going to start to react that way instead of like making you so down. nervous you're going to puke. Exactly. Yeah. Right. So it's more for that kind of thing. Yep. I'll tell you one of the biggest sort of like breakthroughs I had with using NLP when I was like, when you're training, you have to like have it used on you. Mm-hmm. Okay. Makes sense. Right. Right. So I was still, why, why am I picturing you in like a Scientology? Oh yeah. What are, what's that called when they do that? The, oh, um, when they have the cans and stuff. <laughs> yes. Sorry. I derailed this, but I just envi- yeah. envisioning you and Tom Cruise sitting together. Oh like, my God. You... I would love to, to go toe to toe with Tom Cruise. I think I could take him down, Jay. I really 100% do. 100% in NLP. In 100%. <laughs> he wouldn't know what did him. No. Um, I would totally pretend. I'd be like a spy, like pretending to be sucked into Scientology <laughs> and then like reporting to the outside. <laughs> if anyone's listening who wants me to do that, let me know. Did I wreck it by saying it on the No, podcast? don't do that. Okay. Then, no. And they won't let you leave the big blue building. No, oh, I'll get out. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So my example for this, when I was, when I was mm-hmm. doing this training, I was working shock of all shocks on body image and body dysmorphia. Right. Common thing not in shocking. my life. Yeah, right. not shocking at all. So one of the issues that I would have and still have is that like if I, I feel good in my body until Mm -hmm. I surprise see myself in a mirror or see myself in a picture oh yeah and then the body dysmorphia hits and I'm I'm like literally the script that runs through my head is like who is that really old really really fat person in the mirror who looks like like a garbage can oh it's old too oh very old interesting yeah exactly so I was working on that. Now, I before using NLP, I knew that that was a problem. I had done oh, right. a lot of body work and stuff. Right. But I had to, like, push through that all the time. Mm-hmm. And I would kind of be in fear of, like, someone taking my picture and, like, posting it or something without me, like, having, like, prepped the pose or yep. something. Or, um, like, just glancing in a mirror and, like, having not been prepared. Right. <laughs> that would yeah. really... It was a fear. It sounds silly. No, I know that moment. Yeah, it's not a good Yeah, moment. catching yourself in a reflection. Yeah, and you're like, who the Who hell is, is that? that? Yeah, exactly. Right. It's not a fun feeling. Yeah. So, what would happen is that I would walk around and walk into places, like, trying to not be looked at. Okay. And I would walk into places with that posture, like, almost like hiding. Like, I don't want a surprise of a... A picture or a mirror. Okay. Does that make sense? Yeah. This was all subconscious. I wasn't clocking that I was right. Doing this. Okay. So what NLP has you do is go like, okay, I want you to walk into the room like you're the opposite of how you feel. Mm. So you would dig down into your childhood, and for me, it was like, what? It was like, why are you hiding? What are you hiding? What? Why does the mirror not show you who you are? Like, what's happening? So the root of that, when you do NLP work, is like digging through the words for mm-hmm. me was I didn't feel like anyone could see who I was. I felt like that was dangerous. Gotcha. Okay. And I also felt like I had all this intuition. I could read all this energy and that I was hiding that. But I would watch shows like Bewitched. 
Yes. And I would watch Star Wars and I would see people like outwardly use like magical things and I would just wish that I could do that and people would think that was awesome. Right. Okay. Right. So I would watch these things and like internalize this and like wish I could be that, but instead hide because I don't have that. Does that make sense? Because you couldn't be that. Exactly. Right. So NLP was like, oh no, you have to be the witch. You have to be on Star Wars. You have to be like one of the the Jedi, the main character. Like right. you have to walk in everywhere like you are that. Right. And the 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 truth is that if you walk in like you look terrible, that's your reality. True. If you walk in like you look amazing, mm-hmm. that's also your reality. True. You're the only one making that. Exactly. No one else is affected by it. Right. You know what I mean? So right. it's like it's holding on to that. So the story became I walk in like a, a real magical Jedi witch. Love. So one of the things that they had me do is every time I walk in somewhere that where there's an automatic door, I do like oh, the right. fingers like Star Wars, like I'm opening it myself. You <laughs> yes. see me do it. Yes. I do it every time. Love it. I remember the first time doing it and people seeing me do it and being like, this is weird. But people love it. I bet they do. People come up to me and ask me about it. Little kids start doing it after they see me do it. Yes. I do the Star Wars one because people know it. I've done like the, the mouth move like from Bewitched too, <laughs> but like that we've aged out of that a bit. Yes. But that's NLP work to me. Gotcha. Like going back and going, what did you assign a story to? Right. And now go do the opposite and like physically do it and mm-hmm. embody it because what the hell does it matter if if you walk in like you think... You're a Jedi. Yeah, it doesn't. Versus only if matters you walk to you. In, like you're gonna look ugly in a mirror. Right. Exactly. So that to me is NLP work. Yep. Side story, but whatever. We're telling side stories today. Love it. Okay. The map is not the territory. So everyone has a map, right? Okay. The map is not the territory. Really highlights the difference between your belief and like reality and objectivity. Okay. So. I have a belief that I look awful all the time, especially if surprised. <laughs> exactly, if caught unawares. Yes. Right. That's not true. No. That's that's a that's a not reality, but I make it mine because right. I'm not being objective. Yes. Does that make sense? Yeah. But other people don't look at me and go, "What a fat old hag who looks really tired and could really like use a moisturizer." Like they're no, not thinking that. They're not. Only I'm creating that. Right. Does that make sense? It's yeah. Really looking at that. And it's also like every person has their own map based on how they perceive themselves in the world, not on how they see the world, on how they see themselves in the world. Could you say that the map is like the narrative? Yeah. Because that's how I think about it. It's like, like the lens. Yeah. Like I feel like I'm always reframing my own personal narrative. Every time you do that, that's NLP. Right. Okay. You know what I mean? Yeah. If you're like, when I walk into this room, everyone's going to be mad because I'm wearing jeans. Right. Have you ever thought that? Is jeans yes. the appropriate thing because we wear jeans all the time, yeah. right? Yeah. That's a story you created and a narrative you made and a because you see yourself in the world is not fitting in. Yes. But like if you walked in like I'm wearing jeans and they're all wearing dresses, but they're as soon as I walk in, they're gonna be really wishing they wore jeans. Exactly. That's also your reality. All the same. Nothing changed. Yeah. Except I, for your experience. Yeah. Uh, that's what I'm constantly saying is like I when I hear those stories. Yeah. I, I'm constantly saying like that's not the narr- that's ac- that's not the narrative. Yes, it's actually not the narrative. It's actually not any narrative. Right. And in fact, I can create whatever. That's narrative not the I story. Want. Right. Yeah. yeah. Any narrative I create when I yeah. walk into a room is the narrative. Right. Because no one else has my narrative. And yeah. Could they ever? It reminds me of that TikTok that you sent me, and that well, I sent it to you, and then you sent it to me. 
we, we like double that. sent it. Yeah. And it was, what did she say? Like the state that you're in mm-hmm. when something happens to you mm-hmm. determines the narrative mm-hmm. that you create around it. Exactly. Exactly right. right. That's NLP. So it's like how you are viewing the, this map. Exactly. Right. Exactly. Determines like how you're processing yes. the event. Exactly. And I, I want to say that you have to be careful because I hear people use this to shame people sometimes. Yes. Like, why don't you just be positive? Why don't you just be in a good mood? Good vibes only. Ugh, that is not NLP. No. That is not. NLP is going and like understanding why and creating something better so you can heal it. Yeah, just rewriting. Yeah, there's nothing right. wrong with feeling bad. There's nothing wrong with being in a bad state. It's just probably not how you want to be. Mm, you can't live there. Exactly right. right. Exactly right. Okay. So the map is created best based on information we take in from our senses. Okay. Okay. So you have a filtering system and we unconsciously make it to like make sense of the world around us. Yeah. No one consciously is like creating this. So an example of this would be a phobia. That's a filter. Oh, okay. Okay. So like you were just saying with that quote, mm-hmm. a phobia is a really good example of a state mixed with fear. Yes. Okay. So like I have a phobia of spiders. Mm-hmm. One time in my life, I must have been very young, probably because I don't ever remember not being afraid of spiders. Right. But I experienced a high state of fear when a spider was around. So high that my body, every time a spider is around, goes back into that state. Gotcha. That's a phobia. Yep. I haven't released that yet. Right. Does that make sense? You could. That's a filter that my body created on making sense of the world. And right. And what it made sense of is spiders scary are very very scary gotcha got it that's that's what your filters are right another one would be to give you a positive one is like just hearing the voice of someone you love Mm -hmm. you know that feeling when like Mm -hmm. oh you're talking to someone you like your husband calls or something yeah and you're like oh yay you know he called and you sort of have this like Mm -hmm. almost relaxed like happy feeling just from the sound of a voice Mm -hmm. that's a filter you created Make sense? Yeah. Okay. It does. So your senses respond to stimuli before your brain labels it with language. Okay. So your senses are f- the first filter of what's going on in the world. Mm-hmm. The language is second. Okay. The language is where you create meaning for what your senses took in. Okay. So your senses took in information mm-hmm. and then your language labels it with meaning. Okay. Does that make sense? Yep. People process their experiences using what they call, this is very complicated, primary representation system or sensory channels. These are just your clairs. I was just going to say, like, this is what we talk about with, I mean, I guess you would consider this science Mm -hmm. because it's psychology. Yeah. Yeah. This is what we always talk about. We're Mm -hmm. like magic and science meet and they overlap and they exist in so many it's like the same thing existing in so many different places that they just have different terminology but it's actually the same thing don't you think that a lot of these founders or fathers or whatever either just had access to this or because they're doing like work in subconscious and conscious are like picking up the clairs and their senses and and like knowing this somewhere and they're just labeling it a little different right i completely agree and that's where i get like a little sort of salty about it actually (laughs) is it like the i'm assuming these are two white guys yes right in the 70s but because they're talking about the clairs yeah and they're talking about like intuitively reading energy is what this is exactly Uh, of course there's more work after with like the reframing of it and the processing of it i get that but like that's still all intuitive the initial steps are all intuitive and working with the clairs but like because these were two white guys who used the filter yeah of psychology yeah it was accepted 
more easily. Exactly. Than like if someone else said it. The same thing. Yes. But like with different words or a different gender or a different skin color. 100% true. You know? I mean, in fact, women were burned at stakes for this for shit. Using it. <laughs> exactly. You know what I mean? Right. Like it, it, you just have to remember that like right. this is all I'm I'm not disrespecting these and the creators of this. No, thing. no. I, I like what they created yeah. and I think it's a great tool, but it's not it's not different than anything pagan. No, and this isn't like villain energy where they were like no, taking no. taking information and repackaging it and then like making money. It, no. It's not that. They it's like putting it they were tapping into the same energy that yes. we all have been doing. Exactly. But like theirs was just more acceptable. Exactly. Okay. So there's three main sensory channels. Okay. They are visual, auditory, and kinesthetic. They're, yep, there are the clairs. Clairvoyance, clairaudience, and claircognizance. Yep, there the is. The three main clairs. Yep. Okay. The other ones are olfactory and gustatory. Yep. So also clairs. Smelling and tasting. Exactly. Yep. Okay. So everyone takes things in like that, and then everyone has language assigned to it. But that is just human nature. Yep. So like at one point, somebody looked at something they sat on and assigned the word chair. Yes. And then if you had a bad experience with a chair or a certain kind of chair, you might associate bad things with a chair. Or you might be like me and you're like, oh, I'm so happy this is a chair. I can sit down. Oh, <laughs> like, right. You know what I mean? Then there's meaning to the chair. Like maybe you're, this was your great grandmother's rocking chair mm. and now you have it. And so to you, that chair has a meaning. Like there's so many other elements because you took something in through your senses and then your language labeled it with meaning. That's like why I have, we'll have like a comfy hoodie. Yep. Or I'll also have like sweaters that I hate. Yes. Or dresses that I hate because yes. I had to wear them at certain things. Yes. You assign meaning to them. They're right. just pieces of cloth. Cloth. Right. They have meaning. Yep. Yeah. And it's also like looking at like what did your body do when you were in those states? Like when you study like fear in NLP, which we're not going to get into super deep because it could be its own episode. Mm-hmm. You can actually, a lot of times people will assume the body language that they had the first time they experienced the phobia or the fear. That makes sense. You know what I mean? Yeah. So like the spider yep. thing, like yep. when you see a spider and you're like, do you scrunch all up and move over to the side? You pro- That's probably what your body did and your body is just reacting to the information. Right. Because the spider's just sitting does. there hanging out. Yeah. And you're like, you're like, you're, ah! you're in defense mode. Like it's going to attack, attack you. you. Right. And it's like right. a daddy long leg or something. Exactly. Right. right. And you're like, why am I like this? Like, mm-hmm. I hate that. That to me is very vulnerable. We all know how much I love that. Right. <laughs> so to be like trying to like hold that in when there's a spider near is yep. dumb, but like, because I'm like, this is a ridiculous reaction, right. but I'm reacting. My body is just, just going along back. with what my brain is saying. Right. Yeah. Okay. So I want to get more into some of the stuff from the NLP Academy and tell you like the visual, auditory, and kinesthetic ways that, so you can detect it when people are talking, mm-hmm. what they're using. Yeah. It's very easy. Okay. Very easy. I also want to go into some more of the techniques and actually play you a clip of one of the most amazing moments of NLP in action I have ever seen. And I want to talk about the criticism and some more things, but I think we should come back next week and do that. So let's go get some coffee and we'll see everybody next week for part two. Hey everyone, Heather and I have an ask for you. If you love this episode or if you love the IgG, can you do us a favor? We need you to go onto whatever platform you listen on and download, subscribe, 
like, love, whatever it's asking you to do. Can you go do those things for us on the platforms that you listen on? It would mean so much to us. Thanks for listening to our episode. For a way to get in touch with us, please visit our website, intuitivegirlsguide.com. We love hearing your feedback on our episodes.